I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods Extra. This extra is all about... More scary stories in the snow. Yeah, I've got four really uncomfortable stories about people in the snow and what happened to them. Um, The first one, not so much, but it's a drive home um, on Christmas Day. The other three are focused around snow. Yeah. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. On a cold Christmas night in 2012, my mum and I drove back to our Bristol home after spending the day with our relatives in London. We lived with our old dog, Pika, who was waiting for us at home. We chatted about Christmas, Santa Claus and other festive legends like the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy as we drove home. My mum told me how she collected my baby teeth in a tiny jar with a blue fairy on the lid and how I loved to look at it when I was little. I hadn't seen that jar for ages though. The last time I saw it, it had black tape around it to keep it from opening. I guess my mum didn't want me to see the teeth anymore. And that was when we were moving to a new house in 2007. We wondered if the jar was still somewhere in our home or if it got lost or thrown away during the move. I told my mum that I found it creepy that she kept my teeth and that they were probably rotting in some corner of our house. We laughed about it and then changed the topic. We got home soon after that and opened the door to see Pika wagging her tail. We hugged her and then walked into the kitchen. And that's when we saw it. 
the jar. The one we were just talking about. It was broken in half and the floor was covered with tiny white teeth. My first thought was that it was a joke, that my mum was trying to scare me. But then I looked at her face and knew she was as shocked as I was. She started to panic and called everyone she knew, asking them if they had anything to do with it. But no one did. No one had been in our house, touched the jar, or knew what was happening. And neither did we. Pika was too old and gentle to go through our stuff. Even if she did, she couldn't reach the drawers or cupboards where we kept our things. There was no logical explanation for how the jar got there, how it broke, or why the teeth were scattered all over the floor. It was weird. It was creepy. It was unexplainable. My mum had always told me stories about strange things that happened to her before I was born, but I never really believed her. I always thought that there was some rational way to explain them. But now, I'm not so sure. Maybe she was right. There may be something more to this world than we know. Because I couldn't explain this. Not at all. I don't know about you, but I find the Tooth Fairy freaky as. Yeah. It's what I think because I've watched, <laughs> there must be a horror movie or something that I've watched. Um, I think maybe it's a film that I can't remember what it's called, um, but it's got Tom Cruise's ex-wife in, Katie. Can't remember her surname because my brain is mush. Do you know, actually, you know I made you scrambled egg today? Yeah. I cracked an egg on the chopping board instead of putting it in the jug. <laughs> Seriously, that's how much my brain is messed up, right? And this is film with Katie in it. And essentially, the tooth fairy is evil. And I think that's what I think of now. Every time I think of a tooth fairy sneaking into the house to collect teeth, because that's morbid as hell, isn't it? Yeah. You just like the money, though, don't you? Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was like a fiver, wasn't it? Last No, a £2 coin, wasn't nah. it? <laughs> I always used to say in it, it was like a big tooth is like three pound or something. Oh yeah, the big But a normal tooth it would be like a pound, innit? A yeah. Or something, yeah. <laughs> right, are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. My friend and I had a close encounter with mysterious beings who saved us from the snow. We were on our way back to New Mexico from Iowa where we visited my friend's family when we got caught in a blizzard on the Texas panhandle. We were driving on Highway 60 when we lost control of his small Honda car and slid off the road. We tried to get out of the ditch using the floor mats as traction, but it was useless. We saw some lights in the distance, like a farmhouse, and decided to go there and ask for help, even though it was 2am. We didn't want to freeze to death in the middle of nowhere in a rare Texas snowstorm. A tiny old woman opened the door, and when I say little, I mean it. She was barely four feet tall and looked very old. We told her we were stuck and needed a tow, and asked how far we were from the next town. Her tiny old husband came out. He was slightly taller than her. He said he'd help us with Zuzu and told us to follow him to the barn. 
In the barn was an old Ford truck with a CB radio and a revolver in the front seat. We got in the car with him. He patted the dashboard and said, Let's go, Zuzu, and drove us to where our car was. He quickly pulled us out of the ditch and we thanked him. We continued to Canadian and found the worst motel ever, full of roaches. We slept on the bed with our clothes on, not touching the covers. The next day, we continued our trip to New Mexico without any more trouble. I was on Highway 60 often, so I thought I'd stop by and thank them again, maybe bringing them a gift the next time I was around. But there was a problem. There was no house near that curve on the Highway 60 outside of Canadian. No tiny old couple, no barn, no Zuzu. Nothing. I've passed by there many times since that night in December, and I've even checked Google Maps, but there is no sign of them. My friend and I concluded that they were guardian angels who rescued us from the snow and disappeared. Thoughts on that then? I reckon they died in a in like a, a crash in like a snow or something. Oh right. And they just come back to help them, so they didn't in it. But they're nice spirits, not well, no bad spirits. No, they're friendly spirits, aren't they? Yeah. Like I think they might be guardian a- angels, like yeah. the writer said. Because you know, because it happened to them in it, and they don't want it to happen again. To mm. people. Yeah, it's a nice story that one. Spooky, but nice. Right, are you ready for the third story? Yes, I am. I had a strange experience when I was 17. I lived in a small city in North Canada, surrounded by wild and untouched forests. I loved to explore the woods by myself, and I learned to appreciate and respect them. I also learned to be careful and alert because I had been hurt and in danger many times in the woods, especially at night. One night in November, I was going to a friend's house in the city. My city was so small, the patches of forest between the neighbourhoods connected to the bigger forests outside the city. My friend's house was near one of these patches, and there was a well-known path through the forest that people used as a shortcut. It was late and cold, but some snow on the ground made everything brighter, so I wasn't scared of taking the forest path to get to their house faster. I was walking on the path alone, and I could see everything clearly because of the snow. The temperature was below zero, and I could see my breath as I breathed. Suddenly, I felt like I had to stop and look ahead on the trail. There was nothing there until suddenly... A breath appeared out of thin air about three metres before me. It was like something invisible had just exhaled, and all I could see was its frozen breath. I froze and held my breath. I watched the breath rise and disappear. There was nothing else. It was dark, but the snow made it easy to see the path without my phone flashlight. After a while... I walked forward and shouted to see if anyone was there. I took out my phone flashlight and searched for an animal that could have made the breath, but nothing. 
I was the only one in the woods, but that breath wasn't mine. I kept going to my friend's house and have used that path many times since then without any problem. I still don't know what could have made that breath without me seeing its body. It was a mystery to me then, and it still is. But it was also a reminder to always respect the forest. Whoa, what was that then? Yeah, it's got to be something lurking about, in it? Because mm. the spirit of it is breathing. Yeah, it's weird, because, like, if it's breathing out you, and it's creating that, you know, hot breath, it's got to be something that's living. Yeah, it's got to be there. Yeah, but and it's invisible. You, and you wouldn't expect spirit to like, be able to do that, in it? Exactly, exactly. But it's... I wonder if it's one of those, like, predator creatures... Because, um, you know the predator creature? I don't know, it could be like gecko blending in, but I don't well, know, they caught be. them in the snow. <laughs> or was it snowing, but I don't know. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah they were I don't snowing. know if they got them in Canada, though. Yeah, it could be, but they this sounds like it was plumes. Sam scrunches and yeah. Sasquatches. <laughs> Sam scrunches, I love it. <laughs> I think that it's a predator-type creature that can go invisible. Because they are out there in the woods. Yeah. And very brave of the person to continue walking through that woods because I wouldn't do that on my own. Nah. Mind you, they didn't get hurt, so I don't know. I, don't I just know. don't like going to the woods like, in general, innit? I only, I only go there if like, I'm going there with like, my mates from it, but we never really go to the woods anyway. You just go to build fires, don't you? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... <laughs> right. Are you ready for the fourth and final story? Yes, I am. After years of reading other people's encounters and experiences, I've decided to share with you one of my many personal experiences in the area I live. If people want, I will gladly share more. My home area is full of the weird and unexplained. Some background before we start. I live in the most northern part of Norway, which is also the most northern part of Europe. My home lies well above the Arctic Circle. This means for those of you unaware that we have very short summers where the sun never sets and very long winters where the sun never rises. Those long and cold months of darkness in the end and beginning of the year have made us into an understandably superstitious kind. There were many tales meant to safeguard us. You have Stallo, the mountain troll, who steals children who wander too far away from their home. You have the myling, you will not see, but you can hear it stalk you, letting out the cries of a baby. And the knock, who lies in waiting beneath the surface of lakes and rivers, waiting to drown any unsuspecting swimmers. My story begins when I was 16 years old. I'd just gotten my hunting licence, and my father had even bought me a shotgun for my birthday. This was big for me, as I had always followed my father on hunting trips as a child, but had never actually got to shoot grouse myself. My father is the stereotypical northern Norwegian he knows everything about the outdoors. He can endure any hardship or weather with the same unwavering sense of humour. 
Once his fingers got stuck in the saw at his workplace and he peeled the skin of his middle finger like a banana peel. He promptly bandaged it up by himself and kept going. He didn't consider going to the doctors to get it looked at before almost two weeks had passed and the stench of the bandages made him unbearable to stay in close proximity with. In the end, he needed a skin transplant and several weeks off work before his hand was remotely usable again. So the time of year comes when the sun is out for a few hours in the morning and me and my dad take the journey to the cabin. This includes an hour of driving and a further hour of boat. You see, our cabin is in a remote area without any road access, so the only way to get there is by a ferry. This means we somewhat always know who is out there, since most people only stay of the weekend when there are no holidays and the ferry only goes Fridays and Sundays during the weekend. That being said, there never are more than a handful of people out there at the same time, spread out on an area that is roughly larger than my hometown. This time, on the other hand, it was only me and my father taking the ferry that Friday, so I knew we were going to be left alone over the weekend. Arriving on that small pier by the cabin, I could finally breathe in the fresh air of untouched nature that has always been soothing for my soul. It's like you leave behind all your troubles at home, because out here, they're irrelevant. At the cabin, the only things that matter are the things that keep you safe, warm and fed. We then dug out our snowmobile that was parked near the pier and drove the short trip over to the cabin. That night was mostly spent preparing noose traps and lunch for the next day. My father told old stories of when he went hunting back in the days and such, and we shared in a ceremonial hunter's shot of single malt whiskey. I slept well that night, as I normally do when the peace and quiet of the cabin comes over me. We came out of the cabin late the following morning due to us just enjoying the calming of a morning with no obligations. This would turn out to be a mistake, however. You see, the key point is to be out early so you can utilise the sunlight as much as possible. We knew this, but sometimes you just want to sit down and eat a lazy breakfast and watch morning TV. When we had arrived at the Levu, imagine a winter version of a teepee that we had set up that summer next to a lake, which was now frozen of course. My father decided that he would take it easy that day and get the Levu warmed up so that when I returned from the mountain, there would be warm food and drink waiting for me. I had previously spent a lot of time by myself around the area, so walking around the mountain alone never bothered me, and still doesn't to this day. I started walking up the mountain, overlooking the lake. It was difficult due to the heavy snow, and me not bringing my skis. Instead, I opted for using an old pair of snowshoes that were hanging in the cabin. This resulted in me using way more time than needed to get up to where I could find some grouse I might shoot, as I knew from previous experiences that this was an area they would be in. After a lot of effort, I made it up, and despite the area being full of tracks and faeces, it was abandoned. 
You see, it had snowed that night and part of the morning, so the tracks must have been somewhat fresh, yet I couldn't hear or see anything. So I stalked the forest upon that mountain for an hour without any traces of life. That is probably when I noticed the silence. It's like what people with similar experiences say. There is always this deafening silence that preludes something bad, like all the animals know to get out of there. I remembered for the first time since childhood that I felt uneasy about being alone up there. But of course I was not about to go empty-handed back to my father, so I continued... As I walked around, listening intently to any sound that might give away any other form of life, I remember being amazed at how loud my footsteps were. At this point, I was a tall yet skinny boy, around 70 kilos, even though I walked as slow and controlled as humanly possible. The uneasy feeling creeping closer and closer to the point where I decided to take a quick snack break and regain my previously calm state of mind. As I walked back to a clearing, overlooking the lake, my footsteps seemed to almost lighten, and I felt more relaxed and at ease again. I sat down on the rock and ate a bar of chocolate I'd bought, and enjoyed the sun on my face, ridiculing myself for being spooked of what essentially was nothing. That's when I heard the footsteps, coming from the direction I'd just been in. Loud and heavy footsteps of a grey man. I know this because as anyone can tell you, the sound of a biped walking on two feet is quite distinct from four-legged creatures such as moose or bear, especially in heavy snow. I tried calling out because I immediately thought it was my father who had a change of heart, yet no reply. I sat there on the rock, watching the direction of the footsteps as they grew louder and louder. Several times I called out, and yet I received no reply. Feeling uneasy again, I decided to take out my phone and try to call my father. There on my phone, I had an unread message from him, delivered three minutes ago. Coffee and lunch is ready. Simultaneously, the footsteps were somehow getting louder and louder, and I knew whatever was at the other end was not my father. This, and knowing that we were supposed to be the only two people in a radius of many, many kilometres, made me instantly jump up. I grabbed my shotgun and got out of there as soon as I had tightened my snowshoes. As I was making my way at all haste, I could hear whatever was stalking me pick up the pace, and I realised that the sound of my own footsteps and whatever it was that was after me were almost synchronised to the point there was only a slight difference in when our feet hit the ground. I realised then that whatever it had been following me since I entered the forest on the mountain was the cause of why I felt like my footsteps were abnormally loud. I remember trying my best to run in hip deep snow not caring that the thick layer of branches hit my cold face, leaving red marks all over. It came to the point where I could hear the extra pair of footprints, no more than maybe five metres behind me, yet when I turned around there was nothing. 
I pushed all I had, and when I finally managed to reach the frozen lake on the other side from the Levu, the extra pair of footsteps just stopped. Exhausted by the kilometre-plus run in high snow, I made my way to the Levu. My father seemed almost amused by how tired I seemed. He handed me a hot cup of coffee and asked if I saw anything. I didn't know what to say and was honestly embarrassed by what had occurred so I said only that I'd spotted many tracks, yet no birds. However, in later years I've asked him about this and other strange occurrences around the area and the answer has always been roughly the same. Don't worry about it and don't ask about it. Some things are better ignored. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bit of a theme here, isn't there, with invisible things in the snow? Yeah. Mm. I'd probably like just stand there sort of screaming, show yourself and yeah. just like I really... run away after it. If I can't see it then like that's like just way more difficult to batter it. <laughs> 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 well yeah, I suppose you could just flay in all directions, couldn't you? It's a bit like what you used to do when you had your VR on in the living room yeah. and break everything. And like when when Boo barks at like summit because mm. apparently like they, they can see like ghosts and that and mm-hmm. And just just swinging about, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just a little reminder: we have got one more main episode coming out, which is Monday. Um, we're going to go for some like ghost stories just for Christmas, and then we'll be releasing only uh, some whispers for two weeks until we come back in the second week of January. Looking forward to a nice break. I love the podcast, but it'd be just nice to like sit down and watch telly. Yeah. Yeah, man. I never do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.